Amen. Paul, over to you. You've got a mic there. Uh, can you guys hear me? Awesome. Great. Um, yo, man, I'm just so blown away with, God, with what God's doing this morning. Um, I just want to follow, follow through with just the, the trend that's been coming through over the couple of weeks of, of obedience. Uh, I preached last week and uh, the week even before there was, a, there was a trend of obedience. We need to obey God. We need to abide in Him. We need to follow Him. When He speaks, we need to listen. And, uh, and uh, I remember Hoya saying, using this analogy of this, small little steps of obedience and, a kind of, and then there's these big moments that almost feels like the hard ones. Um, but if we miss the small steps, we won't get to the, you know, the bigger steps, if that makes sense. Um, but I, w- I want to just quickly touch on how does it look? What does it, I want to give us a couple of handles. How do we obey God, actually? Because it, be, it can be ac- quite frightening sometimes to, I know I need to obey God and I need to listen, but I'm not exactly sure what to do. How, d- you know, how does he speak all these things? Um, in, 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 uh, uh, Read, a, read about a, a study that they did in, in the UK a couple of years ago where basically what they did is th- there was like a lady and she w- walked in the street and she would tell people to do certain things. Uh, for instance, you know those zebra strepe, those um, walkways that you can go over the street? So you're actually su- supposed to walk over them, to cross the road over those, you know, those things. And then she would tell people, no, no, you need to cross over here, like where it's kind of illegal to do it. Um, and then... That she would ask them, and they would be like, no, I can't do that. And then what she would do, she takes, puts on a reflector jacket, takes a clipboard, and goes and does the same thing. And the, it's shocking how, how many people, because she's got a, a reflector jacket and a clipboard, went like, okay, I'll, I'll just go over here. And she does some ridiculous thing, like a lady with a pram, she walks, and then she's like, no, sorry, you can't walk here, you need to walk over there. But because she's got a reflector jacket, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. It was actually so funny to see that, man, like, it's amazing what you can do with a reflector jacket. <laughs> Have you seen those? Uh, sometimes there's these vines and, and these joke videos on YouTube, and two guys, they would take a ladder, and they would walk into the cinemas. And then people would just let them in, because they're probably here for something. Yeah? <laughs> uh, and then they would just go and watch a movie for free. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but and why am I sharing this? Because there's a sense of, we obey when we recognize, in a sense, authority. Now, that wasn't legit authority that she has a reflective jacket on, but there's a sense that because they think she's got an authority, they'll listen. They'll do it. And likewise for us, as Christians, we need to recognize the authority that God has in our lives, and then we'll obey. The reason we struggle to obey is because we don't grasp the power of God. We don't grasp the reality that we're dealing with God here, not Mickey Mouse. You know, we're dealing with God. He can take us out in an instant. I'm like, oh. You know, there's, there's instances in the Bible which, which is quite shocking. You know, where God takes people out because they don't obey. And, we, and not to scare you into obedience, but we need to realize who we're dealing with. We need to see God with his reflector jacket. And no, he's got a clipboard. We're doing what he says. Now, I want to say there's, there's a, we need to realize that there's a difference between obedience and sacrifice. Um, can you just quickly put up one Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 6, verse 1 to 7? Uh, what happens here is David goes and he, he gets the, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant symbolizes 
the presence of God, and it was lost. And now David goes and he, he gets it back, and he's going to take Uh, okay, cool. Sorry, technical difficulties. Uh, you can put that scripture back on. So what happens is David brings the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, symbolizes he's bringing the presence of God back into the place of God. And there were a lot of rules about the Ark of the Covenant. Like you, you couldn't touch it. Uh, only certain people could touch it because if you touch it, you would die. So there's a rule. Don't do this. Uh, they need to obey that. Um, and let's, let's quickly read through that. Uh, David again brought together out of Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. Uh, he and all these men set out from Bala of J Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim um, that are on the Ark. There was like these two little angel-looking things. It was very cool. Um, it was cool for me, at least. Uh, th they set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of that guy, which was on the hill, and then Uzzah, and I, I'm really bad with his name, sorry, Uzzah and the other guy, just follow with Uzzah, he's the important one, sons of uh, Abu Nadab, uh, were guiding the new cart with the Ark of God on it, and that guy was walking in front of it. David and the whole house of Israel was, were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with songs and with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the th threshing floor of Nakun, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen had stumbled. Now, see this picture. They're, they've got this card thing and they're moving the ark of the covenant. They're moving the ark to Israel. What happens is the oxen kind of stumbles, and the thing looks like it's going to fall, and Uzzah reaches out. He does what we all would have done. I mean, the presence of God is falling. I, wanna, I, wanna, I mean, I want to be helpful. I want to stop it. I want to, I mean, I'm sure all of us would have instinctly just have done that. Verse 7, and the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his ir irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the ark of God. He kind of go like, seems a bit unfair. But there was something that needed to be done and something shouldn't be done, like don't touch it. Only the certain people could have touched it. And it was a, they shouldn't actually have used like oxen. To they, people were supposed to carry it, so they tried to get a loophole. But Uzzah doing something that he thought was right, he still got punished in that sense. So for him, for us, how that looks, is we often get to a place, man, we, we, we want to just sacrifice to God. We want to do what looks right. But the scripture said that God desires obedience more than he desires sacrifice. So there's a difference between a good thing and a God thing. And we need to remind ourselves, what is God saying? That's why it's so important to hear his voice, read the, read the Bible, to know what he's saying, how we should be doing things. We can have the right intention, like Uzzah did, but still the wrath of God can break over, open us. Uh, I don't want that to happen. So let's, I want to quickly look at three ways that we should be obeying God. Uh, the, the three of them will be through the Bible, 
through hearing his voice and through submitting to one another. Okay? If you are taking notes, you can categorize them like that. So the first one, obviously, is we, knew, we need to look at the Bible. The Bible has a lot of things that it says, and we need to do it. Uh, we, we don't have to, so I often I've heard people say, no, I'll, I'll go pray about it, or I'll go, no, if the Bible says it, you just need to do it. You, you don't have to pray about it, it's there. It's written, you need to do it. So let's use an example. Being baptized. <laughs> so you don't have to pray about being baptized, because the Bible says you need to be baptized. Now I understand sometimes it's difficult to families, I'm not speaking about that, but you don't have to think about obeying God. It's written, you can just do it. It's easy. Acts 2 verse 38 says, repent and be baptized. So I'm doing it. It's, in, it's written down. You know, people don't have to tell me to do it. I don't have to wait to the right. I, just, I can just do it. What about this? Being unequally yoked in marriage or in relationships. You don't have to pray about, if you, if you are a Christian, you don't need to pray about dating someone that is unmarried. Ach, that is, <laughs> oh, you knew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rewind that one. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to pray about, you know, dating or marrying someone that is unsaved. It's in the Bible. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians 6.14. So it's in the Bible. I do it. So I don't, I don't actually have to pray about it. I just do what the Bible says. It's very easy, actually. The Bible is like a, a manual. Just read it and do it. How many times have we struggled to understand a certain machine or a certain thing. Yeah, do you guys agree with me? Like you, you struggle and you YouTube and you do this, but I don't understand how this thing works. And you just take the manual page through it a bit. Oh, okay, here's the button and you go on. That, I, I don't understand why we don't go to the manual. It's written down. It's easy. It's written in English, even Afrikaans. <laughs> I mean, even in Afrikaans, I'm sure it's, you can't use, oh, like, oh, I don't understand English as an excuse. Yeah? It's written down with some basics that we need to do. What about this? Titus 3 verse 10. You can, uh, want to read that? Sorry, I gave him a lot of scriptures. So he needs to filter through them. <laughs> uh, warn a divisive person once and then warn him, warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. Now, that, that is how we should approach divisive people. But it's a sense that, man, we shouldn't be divisive. We shouldn't be coming dividing amongst, you know. This is probably the sternest warning regarding church discipline or regarding how God, you know, other, other areas is kind of like, hey guys, stop doing this, it's not good for you. When it gets to the being divisive, God says, warn him once, warn him twice, and then out. Now, it doesn't happen in two weeks, there's a process, but still, man, we need to be aware. Jesus says in Matthew, um, I don't have a year, but when you see a brother sin, you go to him, and you speak to him. I don't, I don't go and speak to others, right, you see do you, do you also see what that he's sinning? No? And not to be heavy, but we need to read our Bible to know it. A lot of us don't even know that it's written there. How many times have you done something, and then a leader would come to you, or someone comes to you and say, listen, what you're doing, maybe it's not right. And you're like, oh, okay, I, I never knew that. I didn't know that. Again, it's because we're not reading the manual. We need to read the manual. Just to get very practical. How does being divisive look? That's, that's if I, I go to hire... Well, it's a bit, I do want to encourage you, if, you, if you're struggling to how, how you should approach it, it's okay to go to a leader, listen, help me, I don't know what to say. Don't, you know, but the general principle is, I, if, I, if I see Kurtzen doing something that I think it's, it's wrong or he's sinning, or even if I just, looks like he's backsliding, I should go to him and speak to him. Otherwise, what happens, I go to Oya, listen, you see, he's backsliding. 
you're like, I don't know what, and, and then I also is like, oh yeah, Kurtzen is backsliding. And now what I'm doing is I'm dividing the relationship between Kurtzen and Aya without me even realizing it. And I'm mentioning this because this is a subtle thing that we don't realize. It's one of, one of those secret things that slips in. And don't, don't make it heavy on yourself if you've done it. Just stop doing it. Does it make sense? What I should do is I go to him. Listen, bro, looks like you're backsliding. Oh, you know, when you, when you swore to that person, you know, you hit him a fluke. Maybe you shouldn't do that again. And I'll speak to him. And if he continues doing that, then i bring someone with me. And if he still doesn't repent, then go to the elders, listen, we need to now do something about this. So those are things that are in the Bible that we just do, like it's written. But the problem is the Bible doesn't tell us, you know, it, let's say you've, you think, yes, I need to move to Joburg or I need to move to uh, George. <laughs> you know, you feel like God is calling me to George. Hmm? Australia, <laughs> New Zealand. Now, you know, feel God, if a God is calling you, you can't go to the Bible and see... Is God calling me to Australia and then read? Because it's not going to be a scripture that says go to Australia. <laughs> I mean, if there is, please show me. <laughs> I'll abuse that one the whole day long. You know? But there isn't. There's, there's, just a, there's a lot of things that the Bible doesn't tell us what I should wear. You know? should, I, should I do this? Should I do that? There's a lot of things that the Bible gives us principles. And Oya gave it such a good illustration. Like the Bible is the boundary Within, within that, we hear God's voice. God won't go outside of the Bible. So, if let's say you, you come to like me or Adams or Quirtz and someone, say, like, "Listen, I, I'm uh, I'm struggling with my wife. Like, with, I, I'm just sick of her." You know? And then, like, listen, go and pray about it and see what God is telling you you should do. And you come back and say, "God told me I need to divorce her." Okay? You know, Maybe go back and try again, you know, because that is outside of the scriptures. If you're just sick of her, and I just want to know. So then we, so we also want to try and help you. But we need to hear God's voice in a lot of areas. I mean, even this morning, God's been speaking to us. To me, I felt God saying, listen, I've given you the tongue. Go and share it. Now, it is in the Bible, but at that moment, God's speaking now. You, you need to go and do it now. I mean, there's a lot of... General stuff, like go and, go and make disciples of all the nations. But where, where? Where should I go? Where should I plant? What should I? There's, no, there's not always the specifics. What job should I have? Should I leave my job and go to that one? Should I move? Should, it, but we need to hear the voice of God because he's leading us. There's, there's such a beautiful story in Acts where um, I think it's Philip that where, where an angel spoke to him and said, go, go over there like to a corner somewhere. Uh, in one of the streets, and he goes and he stands and he waits there, and then an Ethiopian eunuch comes past and he's reading something out of the Old Testament, and he jumps on and he explains to him what he's reading, and the guy gets baptized after that. But there's a moment that the Holy Spirit spoke to him, in, or you know, God spoke to him through an angel, said, "Go there, and I'll use you there." And we need to listen to the voice of God. You know, the Bible speaks. Jesus says, "My sheep will hear my voice." Now, this might sound controversial. He didn't say, my sheep will read my Bible, <laughs> even though you need to. But the crucial thing is we need to hear the voice of God. Again, we need to read our Bible, don't <laughs> take what I'm not saying. And I think the problem or the challenge is we, we are growing and we are trying our best to disciple people well. I mean, I try my best to get to as much as pe people I can. Oh, yeah, and like, all of us are trying to disciple one another. 
And if you, if you know me, I've always encouraged you, listen, get to someone, disciple someone, just have a coffee with someone. So we want to build a culture of discipleship. But the problem is we can get so good at it that we, people can follow God without hearing His voice. We kind of just tag along with the discipleship. Does it make sense what I'm saying? It's, it's, it sounds challenging, but I, we can disciple one another so well that we kind of take God out of the picture. And we're actually not discipling them well then. But you get what I'm saying? We get so used to you know, do this, do this. You know, Whenever you see someone backslide, you go and pick them up, up a bit and pull them along a bit. and you, you See what I'm saying? But we need to be aware of hearing God's voice. We need to listen to him. We need to do what he says. So how do I, I'm, this is not going to be a, a, a preach on how do I hear God's voice. If you, if you don't know, speak to someone, listen, how do I hear God's voice? But the challenge is, if you come to me and you say, listen, should, let's say, listen, you just go into a relationship with someone. You say, listen, should I kiss this person? In a relationship, should we kiss? Should we hold hands? What should we do? And the problem is the Bible isn't clear. There's certain things that is clear you shouldn't do. But with holding hands or, you know, even kissing, it's a bit, you know, and different people would land different. But you need to hear God's voice. You need to, okay, God, what do you want for this scenario? Do you want us to kiss? Do you not want us to kiss? Do you just want us to hold hands? What's the thing you want us to do? How do you want us to live in holiness? Again, if you say, no, God told me I can just sleep with it. No, he didn't, you know. But it's okay. That's how we learn. It's like riding a bicycle. I, mean, I remember when I was young, riding my bicycle, trying, and then I would go into a tree or into the gate. can't even remember. But, hmm? yeah, well, last year, when I, <laughs> uh, I still crash my bike sometimes. Uh, but it's like learning to ride a bicycle. You stand up, you go for it. You probably will fail the first one or two times. But then you'll get used to it. It will become second nature. And then you hear God's voice and you do it. So if someone comes to me and says, listen, God told me I mustn't hold hands with my girlfriend. And I was that's cool. And I don't do it. And then later on, he's holding her hand. He's not sinning, but he's sinning. Because God told him not to. So what might be sin for someone might not be sin for another person. That's a, a challenging thing to understand. But we need to listen to God. What is God saying? You know, sin, it's a, there's a lot of ways that you can describe sin. You've heard the cheesy one. You know, sin is anything with I in the middle. You know, so anything I do out of my, you know, where I'm in the middle. Or sin, the Greek word, you know, it's missing the mark. And it's actually so cool because God is saying, listen, they, that's the target. That's the target you need to aim to. And for Quirtzin, he's saying that's the target. For I is saying that's the target. There's a general target, but then there's specifics. Now, if you miss that thing, that is sin for you. God's telling you, listen, I don't want you to drink for the, next, for the rest of the year. You're sinning even if you take a sip. But if God didn't tell you that, that you can just don't get drunk. Now, we need to hear God's voice and follow him accordingly. And if you're struggling, and, and it's often happened to me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not hearing God's voice. I'm not hearing what he's saying to me. Like, I, I, he's not speaking to me. And that's okay. I mean, if there's sin, repent of it, try and press into God. But if you honestly are getting to him, but he's not speaking, just continue with what he said last time. Just continue doing what you're doing. Like, I'm not going to, I remember Mike Davis said it so wonderful. If he tells his children, listen, you, you go to bed now. They're going, they go to bed. They're not going to wake up or they stand up an hour later like, should I wake up now? 
No, 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 just continue sleeping until I wake you up. Continue doing what, you what I told you to do. You know, how, how often do we constantly, you know, God speaks to us about something and we continually go back, should I still be doing this? You'll speak if you want, sh want something different. Just continue what you're doing. Don't, it, 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 that's where we get easily into uh, the mentality of obedience and sacrifice. Because I'm not hearing God speak to me because he told me this thing and I'm going to do this thing, but now I start to get insecure. I'm not, he, he's not, he didn't tell me anything new. So now I try and go and sacrifice things and I'm laying things down and I'm trying to manufacture obedience. I'm trying to manufacture something to do just, just to prove to myself that I'm still following God. If he speaks, do it. If he doesn't, just continue to follow him. And if you are struggling to hear his voice, chat to someone, listen, pray with me. So it's one of those paradoxes. No, it's, oh man, the Bible is so full of it. Have you seen so many times in the Bible, it says, it almost seems like it's saying one thing and then it says another thing, and it seems to contradict one another. And to use an illustration for that, it's like medicine. The Bible sometimes to us is like medicine. Now, whatever sickness you have, there's, there's a medicine for that thing. It's, there's, a, there's something that brings you back into health. But there's not one universal medicine for me like if, if if i've got an a headache if i've got a joint ache if i've got a stomach ache i just go to the sinutab you know, ask my wife she's like sinutab doesn't work for everything i was just like yeah but it feels like it does but you know so the bible isn't like a one size fits all this is just a and that, that's why there's different parts i mean if someone if someone you know let's say someone has got diabetes and they forget forget their insulin insulin pen Know? and they fall here on the floor and they, you know, you can see there's something happening, their, their blood sugar dropped or something happened, I'm not going to go to them and give them a panado, so I'm going to help R am I right? Yeah, I'm right, right the, the panado is not going to and we need to be aware, there's, there's, a, there's a right medicine for you there, there's something that you need to know to give an example, there's a lot but let's look at this one, Matthew 5 verse 6 Let's quickly just put these two scriptures up. Matthew 5 or 6 and then John 6, 35. So this one, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So on the one end, it's like, man, blessed are you if, you if you're hungry for God, if you thirst for God. I'm thirsting for righteousness. I'm hungry for righteousness. And then we read in John, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I'm like, yes, Lord, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. But for some of you, it's like, man, you need to cry out to God. Be hungry. Be hungry for Him. Like, blessed are you if you're hungry and thirsty for God. And that's the medicine that you need at this moment. For someone else, it's, man, God, He is he's the bread of life. He will satisfy you. You don't have to cry out to God, but He's satisfying you. So it's, it's both, but, you know, it's, it's there to hold us in tension. A good illustration of this even is, have you seen those huge cell phone towers on Naval Hill? And... They've got a lot of cables. There's a cable on this side pulling it towards this side from stopping it to fall that way. But then there's a cable on this side pulling it towards this side. And that is there to hold it in the middle. If I cut one of those cables, it's going to pivot to the side where the cable is pulling. You guys understand that illustration, right? It's, it's very easy. And we need to, that's why we need to get to know the Bible, but also listen how God leads us, how He speaks to us through the Bible, how He speaks to us individually. So, and the reason I'm sharing about these paradoxes is 
I just said, listen, you need to hear God's voice. We shouldn't do discipleship so well that you forget to listen to God. At the core, you need to follow God. I'm not following God for you. You're following God. But at the same time, that thing can take us to the extreme. No, I'm just following God. God told me to leave. And God to, no, we need to hold it in balance. Brings me to my last point. We need, the way we obey God, the way we listen to His voice, is we need to submit ourselves to others. We need to open up ourselves to others and make sure, listen, am I hearing God correctly? Listen, even the Apostle Paul, he, went, he got this revelation from Jesus about the gospel, and he's the apostle of apostles. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He still takes his revelation, what God told him. He takes it to Peter and John. He takes it to the other apostles. He said, listen, this is what God told me. Am I right? It says there, in fear of having run in vain, he went to them. And like, man, even him went like this. Am I getting this right? Am I hearing God correctly? If he was like, I could miss it. Man, I, I can miss it. You can miss it. If you think you always have it correctly, you're missing it. <laughs> you're putting yourself in checkmate. There's a couple of ways we do that is in Hebrews 13, verse 17, the classic. So, you know, let's read it together. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. Man, there's a sense like we, we need, God has, God has placed leaders in the house to lead and to care for us. And we need to obey them. We need to listen. And, I, and can I say there's a difference between obeying and submitting? We need to submit to, we should actually carry the heart's posture of submitting. You know, it's other scriptures. Now, I'm not saying obeying is, bad, but our arch position should be one of submitting. No? And I can, I can so, some, some other translations would use the word submit, but have you, have you heard that story of, of a, there's this child in, in, sitting in a school, and um, he just, he stands up, stands up in class, and the teacher says, listen, will you sit? Please sit down. And he's like, no, I won't. I'm like, listen, you need to sit down. And no, I won't sit down. Listen, if you're not going to sit down, I'm going to phone your parents. And he sits down, and he sticks up his hand. He says, teacher, I'm sitting, but in my heart, I'm standing up. You know? And sometimes we can have that attitude where you know, someone tells us something, or even God tells you something. You're like, I'm sitting down, but in my heart, I'm standing up. That, 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 that's, not, that's not what God is looking for. In James 4, verse 7, it says, you know, submit, therefore, you can put that, let's maybe read that together. I'm almost finished. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Man, as the saying said, we need to submit ourselves, yield ourselves. A, 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 a brilliant picture of that is being paralyzed in the arms of someone. That's what the Greek actually speaks about. It's like you're paralyzed in someone's arms. So if that person falls, you're falling with him. You don't have the luxury of sticking out a hand and saving yourself. You're paralyzed in his arms. Wherever he's going, you're going. So we submit ourselves to God. And the way we do that is through doing what the Bible says, listening to his voice. And what does the Bible say that we just hear? Obey your leaders. So 
I am paralyzed in God's hands as I am paralyzed in the leaders that he's placed over me's hands. And even, I mean, leaders will make mistakes, and you might get hurt, you might fall, and you might get hurt, but God will honor your obedience. He will honor your obedience. Because, uh, God, this is, this is the way you've, you've designed it, so I'll do it. You know, it says, submit yourselves. Submit yourselves, and the devil will flee. Submit yourselves to God. And sometimes we often feel like, man, we just need to, we're wrestling and we're fighting with, you know, with the devil and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this. Submit yourself to God. What is God saying? What is he doing in your life? What is the next step he's saying? I submit myself to God. And it says the devil will flee from you. How does that look? I'm not exactly sure. Just submit yourself to God. Another way, you know, in terms of submitting ourselves to others, you know, leaders are called to lead, and leading isn't just taking the mic. Leading is, man, I'm speaking to you, and I'm trying to get you where God wants you to be. So leadership, in a sense, is, man, I go to Enrico and I say, listen, bro, maybe you should start doing this, or maybe God is saying this to you, or I try, I try and get him to where God is calling him. I'm trying to take him from point A to point B. So our response then should be, okay, where are you leading me? Lead me. I, wa- I want to be led. Now take me somewhere. So if a leader comes and tells you, hey, listen, you need to, maybe uh, this might be a good idea, maybe do this for the next while. What they're trying to do is lead you. And submit to that. Yield to that. Follow that. Don't go like, oh, it's a, it's a good idea, but I'll, I'll, I'll pray about it. In school, pray about it. And, but let them lead you. It's easy that we get over-spiritual. Because, and it's actually, the root of it is fear. And it's Okay. But we're so scared that we are going to displease God that we actually, in a sense, end up displeasing God. We're so scared that we might miss what God is saying, or we might do something wrong, that we actually end up doing the obvious thing that's wrong and not submitting. You know? And I've, it, it often happened to me as well. I'm, I'm saying this out of experience. There's many times where leaders have told me something, I'm like, I'm so scared that they're wrong. And then I'm displeasing to God. And I, like I said, man, you'll honor your obedience. But again, the paradox of this, don't just do what someone says. L- hear God's voice for yourself. So we need to hold those things in tension. And again, you'll not, probably won't get it right the first couple of times. But just continue. Continue riding your bike. Continue going. Maybe just in, in, in um, conclusion, Maybe over the past while, God has been speaking to you. you know, um, whether it's through the Bible, maybe there's things in the Bible that you haven't done. Maybe you're not baptized yet. Get baptized. Uh, maybe God's been... You know, how, how often do you share the gospel? Uh, There's something that personally for me, I'm like, ah, you know, it feels like I don't always get to it. And I've been crying out to God, God, give me opportunities. And I was sharing with my community this Wednesday, man, there was an opportunity this week where I could speak to someone, invite them to church. I was like, yes, come on. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to obey God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. It's like at the moment you start to ride your bicycle, like, well, I'm doing it. The wheels are, the, the training wheels are off. I'm doing it. And cry out to God, God I want to do what you say. You know? Maybe you read the obvious things. Maybe you've been divisive in the past. Maybe you've slandered. Maybe you've stopped giving your tithe. Whatever the thing is that you read clearly in the scripture, and you know, ah, oh, man, I've missed it's okay. 
Repent, stop, stop not doing that and start doing it. It's easy. There's, there's grace for you. Now, Hebrews 3 verse 15. You can put it up and just leave it up. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. There's a sense, man, today, as you hear his voice, respond. Respond this morning. Whatever God is telling you, respond today. As you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't say, yes, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't say, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. Or don't just sit there like, I, I, yeah, I see, I'm wrong. Change, respond, soften your heart, bring your heart before God, humble yourself. Maybe God has been speaking to you about a certain area. You need to step out in this gift or you need to pray for people more. You need to go to a leader and tell him, listen, I feel God is calling me for this. Maybe, you know, God's speaking to you, but you have, you've, because of fear, you've not acted on that. It's okay, repent and do it. Follow God, follow him. It's so cool with the prayer meeting this morning. We want to mature. We want to move away from drinking milk food, you know, but, and eating solid food, maturing in Christ. And the way we do that is the small steps of obedience. The small steps of obedience. You know, you, you often look at, you look at Hoya's story about when he was in Israel and God spoke to him and lead, needed to leave everything and go to team. You're like, wow, that's radical. That's such a big step of obedience. And you feel like, I'll never get there. God will never, you know, give me this big step of obedience. It's probably because you're not getting the small ones right. And God continually needs to go back to the small steps. He continually needs to take you back to the basics. It's like, okay, let's try again. It's almost like we're failing grade one the whole time. Now, okay, let's, let, let's learn the ABCs again. And we need to progress. We need to mature. We need to mature in Christ, become more like Him. That is His calling for us. He wants us to become more like Him. So re read what the Bible says and do it. And hear what God says and do it. So maybe you, you're on the other side. Again, I'm giving three different medicines and you need to apply what you believe God is saying to you this morning. But maybe you're in the group that says, you know what, like, I'll, you're like that child that says, I'm sitting, but in my heart I'm standing. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to submit myself to others. And you know the Bible says it, so you kind of just do it. But your heart is not, okay, lead me. Okay, I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. And change, change your posture. Say, okay, I'm sorry. Reposition your posture and allow God to show you His ways. It's, it's, it's scary because you're placing your hands in someone else's life. And we don't want to do that because we're prideful. That's why I don't want to do it. It's like, what if they mess up? What if I don't walk in? What if I, what if I, what, if, what about me? What about me? It's the whole time about me. And you're like, oh. And it goes a little light on like, ah, I need to humble myself. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about Jesus. And he'll see, man. He'll honor you. If God's got a calling for you, as long as you obey him, nothing will stand in the way. Not even a leader. God will find a way. Don't, don't be insecure. That, no, I'm not going to walk if you. Just do it God's way. So why don't we close our eyes?